This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone as we look at uh, college basketball handicapping approaches and, you know, a lot of the things we've been talking about have been uh, coming into fruition. The uh, boy, the hangover effect for a lot of teams, there's no doubt. I want to ask you one thing, though, Paul, if, you know, the court rush fade, you know, we it, when the team court, they, they rush the court after a big win, you know, we like to, we like to, it's not an autoplay, but just about an autoplay the next time. It's emotion. You left a little emotion on the field. After Detroit Mercy's win last night to go to for their first one to go to improve to one and twenty-six, there was one gentleman who rushed the court. Does that qualify, Paul? <laughs> I don't know. I saw that. Uh, that was uh, man one one uh, one win and one court rusher. So I don't know how that falls into the handicapping puzzle, but I'm sure we could. We could force in some relevance, but yeah, maybe, Detroit. Maybe. I think they were a five and a half point favorite. Actually, they but, were. Uh, that was the big, uh, big topic yeah, of discussion. To how could a no in twenty sixteen be five and a half? Well, they won by double digits. That that's how. So we call those the stinky lines. Uh, you know that uh, sometimes you got to look a little deeper into. All right, what we want to talk about today is we're getting closer to uh, March Madness and maybe some under the radar teams that to look out for. And in, uh, in March, maybe um, at, at Bet Rivers, there are there are regular season conference championship odds, not just the tournament. So uh, that's uh, one of the menu items that we have. That's right. And also final four odds. And we could talk about some of those as well. Uh, let's start off with a team that I'm not sure if they qualify or not as being under the radar. They've been damn hot. They've been very dependable. I can tell you that our producer, Max, has been on them for quite some time. Did have to fade them last Friday night against that VCU. That was a tricky trip. And that was a, well, you talk about a game in the mud, 49-48 uh, at uh, Dayton, uh, just lost uh, and, um, at VCU. But their NET is 19. Their Ken Palm is 21. Their Lenardi, uh, the latest Lenardi ranking, Prakatology, is four. So what, just being an A-10 team, being a, just a, a non-power six team that includes uh, the Big East, why did you choose the Dayton Flyers? Yeah, I just think this is a team. I, I kind of looked at four teams that, that I think might outperform expectations. And even though the expectations are high for Dayton, you know, one, one thing I like about them and the primary thing most people who like Dayton like about them is their uh, – Third year starting forward, uh, Deron Holmes, the uh, second. He's just, uh, you know, maybe the best, not off the top of my head, certainly one of the best mid-major players in the entire nation. Averages 19.6 points, uh, almost eight rebounds a game. And, uh, again, just a big-time player, 6'10", 235, uh, really artful around the basket. A complete player, averages two-and-a-half assists a game also, almost three blocks a game. So when you got that big-time Big game player. I like that centerpiece in in the tournament. 
And, uh, you know, I think if they if they get to the sweet, sweet 16, you know, I think that would be, even though they're projected right now by Lenardi as a four seed, I think that would be pretty much holding serve. I think that would be a good performance. 22-4 and four on the season, uh, three of their losses by five points or fewer, those losses being to Northwestern, Richmond, and as you mentioned uh, this past Friday to VCU, the Flyers' other loss to Houston uh, by 14. They lost 69-55 to 55, uh, there in Charleston right before Thanksgiving. One drawback for Dayton that might not be so much of a drawback during the tournament is they're not very deep. Uh, in that game against VCU, the loss uh, on the road there in Richmond, only six players logged double-digit minutes. So they only had six players who played more than eight minutes. Uh, but with all the breaks in action in the tournament and just kind of the pace of play, uh, I think a team can mask uh, its lack of depth, if you will, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're currently tied atop the A-10 standings, along with Loyola Chicago at 10-2. and two. The Flyers travel to, to Loyola on March 1st. But I'm going to go ahead and take a shot on the Flyers to win the regular season Atlantic 10 uh, title. They're at Bet Rivers, the line currently minus 121. Uh, I just think Dayton's the, the best team in that league. And, again, I think they're going to make the uh, the Sweet 16. So I'll take Dayton minus 121 to win the A-10. They've certainly been one of the more dependable teams uh, over the last 10 or 15 uh, games. We've been I've been putting them into money line parlays and things like this, even when I didn't like the lines. And we've been we've been betting them uh, for a while as well. Dayton would, would like to improve on the road, though. Five and three uh, away from home. We know the first four is never going to move. Uh, out of Dayton because they pack that place. They they support their college basketball in Dayton, Ohio, undefeated uh, at home at uh, twelve and zero this year. So they are tied with Loyola Chicago, as Paul mentioned, and a half game up on the Spiders of Richmond that are nine and two. So even in the loss column there, but the Dayton Flowers, I cannot believe that's the same team that I saw. Basically a 50-50 game, a three point game against a not so good LSU team earlier in the year. This just in. Basketball in February and March is a little bit different than November. So, a uh, classic case uh, right there. All right, here's one right down the road from me. And, well, uh, I don't know if Will Wade wants me back in the building because I snapped the longest winning streak in college basketball when I went to Hammond and they got upset by Southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern, uh, to give you an idea, they shot the lights out, seven for the first ten uh, from three-point range in that game. They held on for the victory. Uh, NET, not crazy about them, uh, 60. Ken Palm, you say 69? Yeah, okay. Lenardi has them as an automatic qualifier, 12 seed right now. But... The Ken Palm, we mentioned, the biggest improvement from year to year, they are number one, the biggest improvement. Two teams that you highlighted previously on one of our podcasts, McNeese State, biggest improvement. Second biggest improvement is High Point, high point from year to year's Ken Palm. What do you like about Will Wade's first year in Lake Charles in the McNeese State Cowboys? I'll tell you, you know, we did talk about McNeese State earlier uh, this season on the podcast, and, and you mentioned first-year head coach uh, Will Wade, uh, formerly at VCU and LSU among his head uh, coaching stops there. They play in the uh, Southland Conference, does McNeese State. Uh, you know, I think it's fair to say one of the nation's uh, weaker leagues, but they're 20-3 and three on the season. And college, football, uh, college basketball fans, rather, they got a glimpse of what this McNeese State team can uh, do earlier in the year. Three convincing road victories, and it's just hard for me not to fall back on those three earlier road victories. They don't get many opportunities to play, uh, you know, m more major schools than they are. 
but they went to VCU, went to UAB, went to Michigan. They beat all three of those schools by double digits, beat them by a grand total of 43 points. So really uh, decisive road victories over quality opponents. And to put those wins into perspective, Jimmy, VCU, they just beat, as we mentioned, nationally ranked Dayton by two on that same uh, home floor. And then you look at UAB just in the past two and a half weeks on their home floor, uh, they've defeated both Memphis and last year's Final Four darling Florida Atlantic on their home floor, lost by 21, I believe, to McNeese State. So, um, you know, th- this is a good a good basketball team. And we talk about that outstanding guard play during the tournament. And McNeese State certainly has that, led by uh, TCU transfer Shahada Wells, averages 17.3 points a game, five rebounds. Uh, just a uh, tremendous uh, pl- all-around player as well. Three steals a game, uh, five assists a game. And he's been his best, Wells has, in the big game setting on the road. So I think that translates well into the NCAA tournament. In those three three road victories we earlier mentioned, a total of 89 points for Wells. Um, the Southland Conference tournament, even, you know, they do, I, I think it would be to their advantage, obviously, to go ahead and win that tournament which is played on their home floor there in Lake Charles, Louisiana. So I think McNeese State, you know, they're not going to – I'm not saying they're necessarily going to make the Sweet 16, but I think they're going to outperform expectations as a 12 seed right now by Joe Lenardi. Uh, I think they might be a classic if they do land on that 12 line, might be that classic 12 seed over 5 seed team. So I think they're going to win a game in the in the tournament. And, of course, it depends on the matchup. But I think McNeese State – uh, they've, they've played on the road. They've won some road games, and uh, they've got that great guard in Wales. So I like the Cowboys. They won another game outside of the conference in Hattiesburg against Southern Miss, just to throw it in there by double digits as well. Not not the caliber of team the, that you're talking about, uh, but still. you know. And he's got a couple of uh, kind of got the, a little in-your-face bad boy type of uh, image uh, to, you know, six, a couple of 6'9", 240, 250 guys that rotate, and they, they don't mind getting in your face a little bit uh, from time to time. So – um, it will be interesting if it's one or two years at McNeese State, but Lake Charles is not the last stop for Will Wade. All right, uh, Grand Canyon. This is one of your, the, the conference you talk about. You cannot follow all of the conference and study them. In ten- this is one of the conference, uh, Grand Canyon from one of the conferences that you do pay close attention to. Uh, their NETs 44, Ken Palm 52. Joe Lenardi has him in his latest bracketology as an automatic qualifier as an 11 seed Grand Canyon. Yeah, Lenardi, of course, it's, it's going to be hard. As good of a job as Joe Lenardi does, especially on seeding, it would be hard to hit the exact matchup. And I don't know what region it's in, but he currently has them as the 11 seed, as you said, playing Kentucky. That would be a heck of a first-round game. But the uh, Antelopes uh, of Grand Canyon seeking their second straight berth this season in the NCAA tournament. Last year, they played Gonzaga uh, in the opening round, trailed the Zags by just two points two minutes into the second half, ultimately lose that game 82-70, to 70. Uh, much of that team back this uh, this year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, again, the Antelopes exceed expectations by winning a first-round uh, first, uh, game as a double-digit seed. Uh, again, like a lot of mid-major programs, Grand Canyon, they don't get a whole lot of shots uh, at high-profile schools, but they did get its first-ever win over a ranked opponent earlier this year at home. Uh, beat nationally ranked San Diego State, which made the national championship game last year, beat the Aztecs 79-73 on their home floor as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. 
at home. And then they came back four days later, traveled across country to Lynchburg, Virginia, beat a pretty good Liberty team on its home floor by five points. So I like that stretch there. It's two losses by five to South Carolina in the Arizona tip-off early in the season and then lost by seven at conference rival Seattle. And that was a game Seattle hit 10 of 20 from three-point territory. So they were they were hot from uh, long distance. A little bit of a side note, Bryce Drew uh, is the, head, uh, the coach there at uh, Grand Canyon. Obviously comes from a prominent basketball family there in Indiana. Uh, Well-known for those of us who have followed college basketball for a a while. He hit what I think is called the shot uh, back in 1998 from beyond uh, midcourt to defeat Ole Miss, I believe it was, in that uh, tournament game. So uh, he's kind of woven into the history of the NCAA tournament. Some speculation that Drew uh, might get a a Power 5 job in the offseason. But it's not a given he would leave. They have got tremendous resources there at Grand Canyon. Uh, when they signed him and hired him back in the spring of 2020, he signed a $16.3 million contract Damn. for six years. So just a little side note there. I like Grand Canyon to uh, perhaps win a game uh, in the NCAA tournament as well. Antelopes like the uh, Liberty uh, of that uh, part of the country. Man, got a little, little small upstart uh, program, but still putting some money. Uh, into it, uh, no doubt about that. Well, it, it, you've gone from your your mid majors, your obscure teams, the Antelopes, to the Longhorns. Now, this is not exactly a uh, an under the radar team, but you know, it was uh, we were all skeptical about uh, you know Chris Beard's successor and and Terry and you know, man, they, they've got some nice road wins. But you're looking at uh, at the University of Texas. 20 to 1 to make it to the Final Four right now. Number 31, NET, 25, Ken Palm. Wasn't always a given that they were going to be in the tournament, but they've got a lot of room, a lot of cushion uh, right now. And I, I go to some of those those close games on the road, Paul. I mean, that, that's where they really impressed me, where home court is always tough, and I think even tougher this particular season. But you like the, the, the Longhorns' number eight seed right now uh, for Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Yeah, this is a Texas team that probably, if you had to say to this point in the year, if they've been a uh, you know a positive or a negative, they probably you'd have to put them in the, the category of a disappointment. They're only sixteen and eight. Uh, they're five and six in Big Twelve play. You know, the Big Twelve arguably the top basketball league in the nation, but uh, you know they just really hadn't found their groove yet. But this is a Texas team that just came an eyelash. They made the Elite Eight last year. Came an eyelash of making the Final Four. Actually led. Miami by double digits with under nine minutes to go. Oh, uh, ultimately lost to the Hurricanes, 88-81. Kind of fell apart there at the end. But this season, again, you know they hadn't hadn't found their 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 stride, so to speak. Only two and four, as you mentioned, in home games in the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve, though, a very tough league, playing really well on the road. They have impressive road victories in Big Twelve play at Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and TCU. The latter of those two teams, both nationally ranked at the time uh, Texas came onto their home floor and defeated them. And the reason I like Texas as a potential, you know, semi-sleeper, you might say, is the fact that it has multiple players who can take over a game on the offensive end. And the uh, chief of those is uh, 6'9", senior forward Dylan DeSue. When healthy, which he struggled with injury problems the last couple of years, when he's healthy, he's one of the better players in the country. I mean, he is a, he's a big-time player. Uh, last season, he really played well until he got hurt 
uh, there, I think, early in the Xavier victory uh, in the tournament. But uh, you look at the last uh, month or so and change, DeSue, he started to hit his stride, find his offensive game uh, over the last seven games, averaging over 20 points and six rebounds a game. So I like where he is. And a lot of people probably don't know that uh, Texas has the leading active all-time career scoring leader in the NCAA in uh, Oral Roberts transfer, uh, Max Abemus. Abemus currently 12th on the NCAA's all-time career scoring list. This is his fifth season. He took advantage of that COVID year. But this year, some of the guys that he passed on that all-time, he's a three-point specialist. Some of the guys he passed on that list this year, names like Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson, Elvin Hayes, and J.J. Reddick. So those are some pretty good uh, – they, they only had the advantage of four seasons, uh, but some pretty good names there. Abemus averages 17.7 points a game. He has scored in double digits in all 24 of Texas's games, so he's a consistent scoring threat. They also have Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell both averaging over 11 a game, so they have some multiple scoring options. Really like DeSue and Abemus. They've played well on the road, beat some good teams on the road. Uh, I like Texas at 20 to 1 to make the Final Four. Yeah, beat Cincinnati, Oklahoma, TCU in conference all on the road this year. And yeah, I can uh, I can admit I had Miami in that tournament game last year. Very fortunate in that one. They were dead uh, in that game against uh, Texas uh, last year. A couple of that, that I, I thought of, uh, uh, Paul, is uh, Northwestern, who again, you know, projected 11 C for Lenardi right now. And they might not even get in. NAT's 56, Ken Palm's 47, unspectacular. But I love their efficiency. I love Boo Booey. He, uh, the, the redshirt senior uh, from Albany, is, uh, I mean, legit. I mean, he could take over a game. I like guards uh, in a tournament. I know it's, I'm not the first to say that. But he shoots over 40% from three. He handles it. He could create in the, uh, in the mid-range. Um, they only have one conference road win uh, to this point, but they're seventh in the country in three-point percentage, number two in assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, but they did have a, a blow. They lost uh, their uh, one of the, one of his backcourt uh, men, a guy that shoots over forty-four percent uh, from three-point range. You were telling me uh, before uh, off the air. Yeah, Ty Berry, who averages almost twelve points a game. Uh, a very uh, efficient three-point shooter gives uh, Northwestern, along with Boo Booey, one of the top guard tandems in, in the country. But uh, So that's a, bl- a blow. But I know these injuries sometimes as handicappers uh, through the years, I- I'm sure you've noticed this, sometimes you have a significant, what appears to be a significant loss, and a team might not really ever lose its stride. Then other times you have a player who maybe looks like a 20-minute-a-game a guy who averages – six points and four rebounds a game and they just fall apart you know the cohesiveness and the, the rotation yeah. and and what have you the uh togetherness has kind of been broken down so we'll have to see uh you know what they look like after this uh after this injury but it certainly appears to be a fairly significant injury but like you said boo booey one of the best uh all-around players all-around guards in the entire nation he is a uh, even though he's not at a Kentucky or a Duke, you know, you might think of Northwestern and, and not think that some of the best basketball players in the country reside there, but there are a few better uh, at the guard position this season than Boo Booey. So I certainly uh, could see Northwestern uh, with that very and, and, positive so uh, assisted turnover. 
let, let, let's play close attention to them uh, right now and see how this, because this is a high level of execution right now, what they're running. Collins is doing a good job with them, but that experience is, I mean, I mean that's that's unbelievable. Seventh to three-point percentage and number two out of 360 teams uh, in assist-to-turnover ratio. But let's see if one of those guards miss it. Sometimes I like to go the fallen, the fallen uh, hero uh, effect short-term. I think it be, can be a rallying point. Long-term, it's going to take its effects. That's my standard approach. But as you said, you'll see varied approaches when it comes to that. But, um, but the biggest one, the, the, my favorite game for them was a loss at Purdue. Hey, that's a hell. Hey, many people are going to that building against that team this year and play them like that could have easily won the game. Next one is New Mexico, another projected 11 seed by Leonardo. You, uh, you want guards in, um, in, uh, in March? Well, how about three of them? And we know about Jamal Mashburn Jr., but House and Dent make up a trio of guards that could go for 20 at any given night. They really have a lot of explosive elements. My biggest concern for them, now look, any team in Ken Palm, love them. Uh, 21 and 23 right there. So uh, they're probably in, Lenardi a little bit lower seed for those, for most teams with those, with those metrics. Uh, but getting away from the pit. Man, they are tough uh, at the pit. I know they dropped one to UNLV recently, but... I want to see them in different ones, uh, in different settings. So that's my concern uh, with them. And then another one that's a blue blood. No, no obscure team here, but Michigan State. Oh yes, here we go again. Izzo time the whole bit. After the rough, rough start, I wanted to watch them because, uh, you know, we we identified them as a team that had a chance. Twenty-two NET Ken Palm fifteen, fifteen. Now they won seven of their last nine. And their ball movement and their level of execution is starting to improve. 50% of field, uh, over 50% field goal percentage in their last two games. And they've got three guys in Hall, Walker, and Haggard, Hoggard, rather. They're capable of going off at any time. All of these guys have hit right around 30-point games recently. Yeah, I know it's not exactly... It's become cliche, a branding Izzo time. But still, I kind of look for the Spartans. And look, they knocked off the Marquette last year in the tournament. And I think they're uh, kind of getting just into that form again uh, here in the mid-latter uh, parts of February. Any thoughts on yeah, I mean, New Michigan, Mexico, Michigan State? I'm sorry, Paul. Oh, I was just – I didn't know if you were going to go to me, but I was just going to say Michigan State, you know, some people I really respect thought Michigan State was one of the very top teams in the nation at the start of the season. And like you said, they came out of the gate – really sputtering, uh, but certainly the, uh, Tom Izzo's been uh, magical in March at times. And then that New Mexico team and just that Mountain West Conference as a whole, you know, some are still projecting the possibility of six tournament teams. They're probably going to end up with five bids. And uh, one of those teams is not unless they win the tournament, UNLV. But uh, UNLV, like you said, they've snuck up and they've, uh, they've shown mm -hmm. some, uh, some tenacity in individual games. So Mountain West, one of the funner uh, more balanced at the top leagues in the entire nation this year. It, it really is. I think they might beat each other up a little bit on this one. It might even be four, but it's not going to get below four. Thing is, they, they lose those games. It doesn't kill their power ratings. You know, it's not the typical, you know, like McNeese State loses Southeastern, and that kind of almost kills their chances because if they don't win, I mean, to get an automatic bid, they would have lost another one in, a, you know, such a weak conference as the Southland. So, uh, interesting stuff. But, yes, yes, the Mountain West is a, a, a strong, strong league. Great, great atmospheres for games. And you mentioned that UNLV. They swept a New Mexico already 
in that home and home series. Each and every week, Paul Stone and I, we break down. Uh, we'll give you a little handicap and approaches. We're going to get into those bubble teams soon, whether you back them or fade them and things like that with maybe uh, inflated lines and things like that a little bit later, all the way through uh, March Madness. For Paul Stone, I am Jimmy Ott. This is the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.